We're thrilled to be joined on Ion College Football by Buffalo head coach Lance Leipold. Mac East champs once again, a first 10-win season in school history. Quite simply, how does it feel right now? Well, it's, first of all, great to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, it, really proud of our team, our, our staff. You know, just the way they bounced back from last week, and uh, you know, to get get to ten wins means a lot, especially being a two and ten team just two years ago. Absolutely, and the success that you had after that two and ten finish, you went six and six, and now this. What's been the biggest factor behind the big leap forward? Well, you know, a, a really good group of upperclassmen that uh, you know kind of came in here to help us change the culture of the program, had a great work ethic and belief in one another and what we were doing, and. You know, last year we battled a few injuries, especially at the quarterback position, and uh, but we were we were so close, and the guys could sense it. We battled back to win our last three. Thought we we you know we hit bowl eligibility and then got left out, and uh, that that really motivated this group into the winter conditioning program following. Also, as far as a motivating factor, that loss to Minnesota, 17-7, was a close game against a Power 5 school that some may thought was a moral victory, but not your players. Was that kind of a turning point? Did you, in your, did you see that in your team that day? Definitely. Definitely is one of them that, that we could see because even some of our boosters and things that had come on the, on the, on the plane with us to, to go to that game, you know, it was like people were upbeat and positive, and, and that was great. But, you know, we had tears in the locker room, and guys were really dejected. And, and, and I knew that was a great sign because playing people close was not going to be the measuring stick for us to be successful. Talk with Buffalo head coach Lance Leipold. Mac East champs and a 10-2 and regular season record. When you were going through that 2-10 that and 10 season a couple of years ago, what kept you going that you knew you could have a season such as this one? Well, you know, first of all, I think it was, the, like I said, some of the players and their work ethic. You know, we had some upperclassmen in our program that when we got here made comments to us about some of the younger players that had come in. Um, really, the also the faith in our staff. You know, a lot of the, you know, really at that time, nine assistant coaches, eight of them I had worked with before. I, I knew their work ethic, their character, their integrity, and I knew that uh, they were going to do everything possible. And, uh you know, we had gone through a tough time. We had a young man, Solomon Jackson, passed away in the off season uh, after a morning workout, and you know, just so many things that happened. And it was just a matter of wins and losses. Yeah, you know, we're measured by that, but it was really trying to keep a young group of young men together and focused just on everything. And and they really did a great job. It wasn't pretty on the field, but they but they kept working hard to where we're at today. You talk about the cohesiveness of your team. How is the being a coach, how has it been for you to watch this team stay together, grow, and, and that cohesive bond result in what you've accomplished today? Well, it's it's very fulfilling. It really is. But, you know, you, you get a lot of credit as a head coach when you got young men like Tyree Jackson, K.J. Osborne, Khalil Hodge, those guys that have just continued. And, and it's it's the things that people don't see. It's, it's, you know, when they're putting an extra time in the training room, when they're putting extra time in out on the field when nobody's there, their positivity and their and what they do in the community, all those things. It, it's a great example for, for newcomers and the younger players in our program, and it's something that we just feel hopefully we can continue to build on. You've been part of something like this before, Nebraska-Omaha. You went 1-10 in your first season in 1994. A conference championship came two years later with a 10-2 and record. Was there anything you were able to take from that situation that you were able to apply here? 
Yeah, I think so. I worked for your, for a coach there at the time, uh, Pat Burns. I worked for him for a total of 10 years in two different stops. And, and there's really some things about, you know, making sure you didn't lose sight of the little things, the things that were going to get you there. And I, I think we did a good job with that, of not letting little things slide, accountability, being on time, finishing drills, you know, the, the little things that it's going to gonna do. And, and even before I was at Omaha, I had a chance right after Barry Alvarez's first year at Wisconsin to be part of the next three seasons when that thing, you know, got put together on the path it's been on ever since. And, and to walk in on the early days and listen to, you know, the same thing, the stressing and the fundamentals and being physical, I think are, are, are two experiences I feel very fortunate to have. And then, of course, there's adding the players, which you talked about earlier, and there are so many good ones as you listed just just a couple of them. How did you set out to find the players to put this thing together, uh, and several of whom will go on to the NFL draft? Yes, you know we've been we've been fortunate. You know uh, we're going to be a program that you know we're going to we're going to recruit, and you know I don't know if we're going to win all the battles, but uh, so we have to evaluate well, we have to develop, and we have to keep them here. And you know uh, you know we have a pretty special receiver we feel in Anthony Johnson who came in as a junior college player, and you know we made a decision. It was a tough one because he he came in you know just uh, a little banged up in August. It wasn't here for the summer. We decided to redshirt him two years ago during that two and ten season. Could he have helped us get to, I don't know, four and eight or something maybe, but we're awful glad we redshirted somebody like him. You know, we mentioned Khalil Hodge, and, uh, you know, we we think we've got a pretty special defensive end in Chuck Harris as well, let alone junior quarterback Tyree Jackson. Absolutely, and you look at Jackson, I mean, I mean, so many of these guys stand out, but especially Tyree at six foot seven. For those that might not have seen him, and I've watched him now for uh, for a couple of weeks, and it, i got to say he is a physical specimen. What is the one thing that, that stands out to you the most about him, whether it's physical or the intangibles? Well, I think he's as he's continued to grow as a quarterback this year. It's it's the leadership component now that he's had, you know, he's grown. He he had the opportunity to go to the Manning Academy this summer. I think it would have really helped him in his overall game. A year ago, coming back from injury, he developed himself into more of a pocket passer. wasn't as quick to leave the pocket as many young quarterbacks will do, but uh, he he he'll rely on his on his speed and things when he has to, but it's really his arm and his leadership and what he's learned, you know, and reading coverage is the thing that's really made him to be the complete quarterback he's become. And as you mentioned, this is a program that you intend to churn out a lot of players in the future and, uh, and great ones. Perhaps one on the, on the rise is Jared Patterson, your fine freshman uh, earlier today. He had the big running, uh, the, the big uh, touchdown from 40 yards in the first quarter. How much do you think that set the tone or, or set you on the way after the loss a week ago? Oh, it did. You know, it was a, a, you know, a poor performance down in Athens, Ohio, but against a very good Ohio team. Frank Solich had his team ready to play. Um, we we were on our heels in a lot of ways. weren't very physical. They got on a roll, and uh, you know, really proud the way we were able to bounce back. Jared really got us going. He's, uh, you know, it was one of the things we we stressed. We knew Bowling Green was. Uh, uh, a little a little thin due to injury in the defensive line, and we thought if we could establish the line of scrimmage, establish the running game, we could control the clock and, and hopefully have the day that we anticipate. And establish the running game you did, 332 yards rushing, and you allowed 58. Uh, for, for as potent as your offense has been, how much is it still about the adage of run the football and stop the run being the keys to success? <laughs> 
It is, you know, as much as it is, and there's a lot of exciting football, and we try to be one of those teams that be explosive. But when you get to this time of the year, you know, and, and depth can be an issue and all those different things across the country, you've got to be able to run the football and stop it, as you said. And uh, we did a great job. I, I think we held Bowling Green to a total of 37 offensive plays. And, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things. If you can control it, control the clock, and uh, you have a great chance for success. Talk with Buffalo head coach Lance Leipold, who's had success elsewhere as well. You had six Division Three titles at Wisconsin Whitewater and were 109-6. and six. You went to school there, had a great run there. What made you decide to go to Buffalo all those years ago? Well, you know, it was, you know, uh, it really was kind of taken back and shocked even that the opportunity was presenting itself for, for an opportunity to interview for the job. And Danny White had, and, you know, it, kind of reached out and had a chance to talk and about the potential of this school. And I think, you know, you had mentioned earlier in our interview that uh, the experience at Nebraska-Omaha and, and I, you know, great memories at Whitewater as a, as a coach early in my coach career and, of course, as a head coach. But there was, a, there was also that point, uh, you know, part of me wanted to take on a challenge of building a program and building it for the long-term consistency and, and to make it, you know, it's not very often that a, that a coach gets a chance to make that big a jump. And, uh, you know, as a family, we just thought it was a great opportunity and one that we wanted to explore. Through the process, were you frustrated perhaps by stereotypes or possessions or perceptions of where you had come from or, or who you were? Um, I don't know about frustrated. I, I understand it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, the kind of the probably the I think the neat thing about it was, uh, you know, the, one of the first years at the coach, National Coaches Convention, the AFC uh, American Football Coach Association Clinic that uh, that we have every January, uh, as many uh, Division Two and Division Three coaches that came up and were, were really kind of behind us and what we wanted to do. I think it was because I think there's a lot of opportunities for for a lot of those coaches that do an excellent job and wear many hats and and do a lot of things that, that hopefully they'll get their opportunity as well. Before taking this job, you had talked with former Buffalo coach Turner Gill, whom you had known. What was that conversation like, and how much did you, did that influence you in taking this job? Well, it was the ironic that it was Buffalo, but it was one of those times I, you know, when I was at the University of Nebraska in an off-field position, I, I had a chance to work with Turner and just had great respect for Turner Gill, the person, and and everything, and you know, kind of saw him, and and I just wanted to, you know, because I was kind of at a point where. As a Division Three coach, anything less than 15 and 0 seasons were almost looked like failures. You know, it was always like one of those. Well, how many more years can he keep doing that? And so I just asked him what made him do what he did. And, you know, he went to Green Bay for a year with the Green Bay Packers. But what made him? He kind of shared some of the stories about Buffalo, and it just happened to turn out. But one of the things he talked about was how how much he enjoyed living there, how great the people were, and that that there was a potential there for success. Finally, what would a MAC championship mean for this school as you go up against Northern Illinois next week in Detroit? Well, we know that'll be a huge challenge. You know, Rod Carey and his program have done a great job. Uh, for a chance for us to, to win our second MAC championship in school history, you mentioned Turner Gill did one ten years ago. It'd be a huge step, you know, for us to, to continue on this path. Uh, you know, our athletic department has made great strides. Uh, you know, our men's basketball team has done done a great job the last few years. Our women's basketball team made the Sweet 16. You know, we're 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 still pretty young as a as a Division One institution, just about 20 years, and 
and we're starting to come into our own. We're starting to get on the facilities that we need to compete at this level. And hopefully it'll be another thing that we can put in our cap that, that is making the strides for people to understand that the University of Buffalo is not just a great education, but a fine athletic department. Well, the first 10-win season in school history, something that nobody could take away from you. Congratulations. It has been a great season. We wish you the best of luck in the MAC championship next week, and thanks so much for a couple minutes. Greatly appreciate it. Have a happy and healthy holiday season. Well, thank you. You as well. Greatly appreciate the opportunity to talk about our program.